This is the Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind podcast, where divorce coach Corey Shapiro helps you get creative and not reactive in your divorce. Tune in now to get the support you need to make it through this difficult time. Here's your divorce coach, Corey Shapiro. Welcome to the Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind podcast. I am Corey Shapiro. I'm here to guide you through your divorce as a friend. Just a quick reminder, the podcast is about adopting a proactive rather than reactive approach to your divorce. Today's topic is options for a divorce when you're uncertain, if your spouse will be cooperative, but you do not want to destroy them. All right, our quote is from the UN. It is actually their motto. It goes like this, peace, dignity, and equality on a healthy planet. I've been thinking about the UN. You know, I record this podcast in New York City and the UN is in town. And what that means is when the UN is in town, New York becomes the safest big city in the world. There are so many cops and secret service. I don't know what these people normally do when the UN's not in town, but I wish it was like this all the time except for the traffic. So people who drive around might disagree with me, but I don't think there should be any cars in this city anyway. All right, our question today is from Jerry. If you have a question for the podcast, you can go to question.gettingdivorced.org and submit your question straight from your browser. Jerry's question is, I learned about your book, Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind in a Facebook group And the title struck a chord with me. It's exactly what I'm aiming for. I've watched many friends endure bitter divorce battles. The children always bear the brunt of it. I want to consider divorce methods that won't harm my spouse or my children. However, I am uncertain it shall be open to mediation. Well, thank you, Jerry, for that question. And thank you for checking out my book, Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind. And let's focus on the subtitle of this book, which we don't talk about a lot on this podcast, which is how to manage your stress, your ex, your budget, and get what you need in your divorce. So let's just go through each part one by one. Okay, first, it's your stress. And, you know, it's stressful being uh, going through a divorce. It's stressful being a divorce lawyer. So I had to apply these principles for myself. And the first thing we talk about is investing in your self-care. Okay, think of this like your phone, where you need to charge your phone to be fully ready for the day. You know that time where you get your phone and you forget to plug it into the charger And then you see the phone in the morning and it's like on red, but you have to run out the door and you're just looking for a charger all day. If you have meetings, that is what I want you to think of. So self-care is your recharging. You can start doing something simple like journaling. You know, I'd been doing journaling for over a decade and I started out doing morning pages and I, and I suggest you check that out. And the only concern I have with journaling is make sure this is private. You don't want anyone stealing or looking at your journal. These are private. But if you can spend 5, 10, 15 minutes a day processing your emotions on your paper, 
that's basically free therapy. I've also seen activities work. I've had a client who was uh, really into dancing, who really enjoyed that. You can do running. A lot of people get into that. Uh, working out, you know, hit classes, uh, any type of activity, swimming, just trying to do something for yourself. You can do uh, nature walks. I'm not going to call it hiking. You know, I've been scolded that, you know, a 90-minute walk outside of the city, which I would think is hiking, is uh, really a nature work, a, n- a nature walk. Uh, so you could do that. Um, so that's the self-care aspect. And you really got to prepare. So think of charging the battery as you prepare for uh, this process, which is could be overwhelming, Jerry. Could be overwhelming. All right. The next thing I want you to focus on is maybe your nutrition, your sleep. That's really important too. Cutting down the alcohol, uh, getting good sleep, regular sleep, very, very important. Okay, so that's the first step. The second step is your ex. And we have a, a little joke here in the divorce community. It goes like this. There's only two types of people, diagnosed and not diagnosed. And where are you? No, where are you? So if you're diagnosed, maybe that diagnosis is not accurate anymore. And if you're not diagnosed, well, maybe you need to be. So that's that's a reality we live in. And so many people come to me and they're like, oh, my spouse is a narcissist or my spouse is this or my spouse is that. Um, what I rather you focus on is thinking about 90% of the time, now make this qualification. 90% of the time, I want you to think that if you get better in communication, you can disarm your spouse's, uh, let's say, acting out. And a lot of these techniques come from hostage negotiation, from like a suicide hotline. It's just really meeting, meeting people where they are emotionally. You see this in a different context. You see this uh, most, uh, I guess, recently I've seen this in the bear world where bears, mother bears, they have their cubs. You hear this all the time that they acted out in aggression, in fear aggression, because the the mother bear uh, was startled by a human who was in her space and then attacked the human. And what most humans would do who are not trained, if a bear is attacking them, I mean, if you're like me, uh, we're running as fast as we can, but that's not logical because the bear is faster than us. If you're trained, and this is going against every ounce of your body that's telling you to escape, is you stand there. And you stand your ground. And you see this on YouTube where a bear actually charged at this person who obviously was a very trained survivalist or naturalist, and the bear went past them. I don't know if that's always what happens, and I wouldn't want to find out, but I'll tell you this. You're not going to outrun a bear. <laughs> not going to outrun a bear. So that's the technique that is, uh, that's supported. And the same thing in the divorce world. If someone's coming after you, you don't go into your experience first. 
you know, that experience of fear because their fear and aggression is triggering your fear. What you're trying to do is really accept their reality so they can see it. So, for example, if they're like, you know, you are a horrible spouse. I want to get a divorce. Now, you don't want to just give that energy back. What you want to try to do, sort of like judo, is absorb it and say something like, uh, sounds like, you know, you're really upset about things, really frustrated that things aren't going the way you want them to go. And that starts that dialogue of de-escalation. So think of that as, as, as when you're trying to manage your ex. Okay, your budget. This one I can go on and on and on and on, but let's just focus on this. Um, the big thing with the budget is you got to start with the end in mind. And I may be a pet peeve of mine, but I see so many divorce attorneys who are good attorneys focus on high net worth divorce. You also see this in the financial community where they just have a minimum. So it seems like the best and the brightest, or at least a part of them, are focusing on this high net worth and the very wealthy people as if everyone else, the 90% of us who are not high net worth, don't need really good help. And think of in another world, another world, maybe like in the, in the automotive world, they have wonderful cars like a Honda Accord that satisfies most people. Maybe not what they want, not a sexy Ferrari, but it gets the job done. And car and driver, the Bible for car enthusiasts, say that's one of the best cars they drive year after year. So that's the same thing. If you want to start with the end in mind, what is this investment you're making in your divorce? I think it's, it's inverse to your wedding. When you plan a wedding and you're going to spend all that money, that's an emotional investment. Someone said it best to me. A wedding is 85% emotional. I would suggest thinking that your divorce should be 85% logical. But it's so easy to get into that trap of making it 85% emotional. But before you spend your children's college education on your divorce, think of your budget. Where do you want to go with this? Now, if you're saying, hey, my spouse is going to go have a war, and then you might want to rethink your goals. You know, does it really matter long term in 10 years, 50-50? And let me be very clear. If the other parent is good enough, good enough, maybe not as good as you, maybe not a professional parent, maybe not as emotionally attuned as you, most judges, not all, but most judges are okay with that. They're not, it's not about uh, a amazing parent getting custody over a good enough parent. What the court's more concerned about is a bad parent. Just think of the, the, the police officers, you know, you're driving, you don't have to be a professional race car driver to have your driver's license. And as long as you are following the rules, as long as you are average as a driver and the court cops aren't going to do anything against you, you know, they're not looking like, wow, this person can really control the car when it's 70 miles an hour and it's skidding. Look what that person did. They should get the custody. That's not necessarily how that works. And even if you get that, 
against a parent who's good enough, a decent parent, that might be problematic co-parenting with this person long-term because they will resent what you did. So think of the end in mind before you uh, invest so much money in your divorce, and you may have to rethink your goals. Um, Okay, and that leads me to the end, which is getting what you need. I didn't say getting what you want. Think of the new Apple. Apple comes out once, twice a year with all these new products. I love checking out some of these reviewers on YouTube to find out what really changed. Not looking at it just emotionally, oh, something new and shiny, but logically. You know, I have a Apple Watch 4. I think they're up to 9. But the 4 actually gets the current operating system. So what's the benefit? It looks the same, has the same operating system. Do I need to spend just $400 for a new Apple Watch just because mine is maybe five years old? No, I think mine is going to be great until it it doesn't work anymore or until it does something that I need, right? I need not what I want because you always want something new, shiny object. That's shiny object syndrome. So start with the end in mind, figure out what you need. Now, this is hard for people. And here's what I suggest a little exercise. This literally put down 10 years on a piece of paper. You can do this on on an Excel or something, depending on how uh, savvy you are. And just put a column down. Next to it, put five years. Next to that, put three years. Next to it, put a year. Next to that, put maybe six months, three months, one month. And just think of what's important to you. Where do you envision your life over those different scales? Having that multi-scale planning session, a sort of vision board of your future, may help you really drill down what you need. And I will tell you one thing I've heard from some very good uh, experienced mediators in the field who really understand the dynamics going on, the emotional dynamics, is they say it's not usually what you think it's about. So, for example, if you're fighting about money, they say it's not usually about the money. It may be what the money represents. Does it represent respect? Does it represent, in someone's mind, security? And I don't want you to think a certain number necessarily gives you security because I have talked to people who have what I think is to be a lot of money who are nervous, who are scared. And I've also spoken to people who, what I think, have very little money, have no financial worries. So it's very subjective, very emotional. You have to think about that. So that's what we are dealing with. Um, And I hope, uh, Jerry, that helps you think more about this. All right, let's move to divorce news. And divorce news this week is really highlights what not to do. If we think the question is what to do, the divorce news is what not to do. And there's two celebrities that I want to talk about, maybe three celebrities. First, a Kevin Costner divorce. Kevin Costner is a artistic genius, artistic genius. And even him, even him had a, a divorce where his, uh, his spouse 
apparently it seemed like she lost her mind. She hired lawyers. They did what's called a shock and awe campaign. You see this in the military where they're just like invade a country and they're like, well, let's just bond them for 30 days before we do anything that shocked them into submission. And that's what she tried to do. Their case did settle, but at what price? And I don't mean just financially. What price that it was all over uh, the, the airwaves in the public, in the media? So you got the, and Kevin Costner had to refocus a little bit for his divorce. And that's, I think, when he started really refocusing and really realizing where this is going. I think that was uh, a reason, not the only reason, why it did settle. Maybe that's what she needed to do to get his attention. I'm not sure. But it was just something not to do. Um, Not to do. Okay. The other one is I'm seeing about this. Uh, the Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner divorce. It's happening so quickly. Sophie Turner, for all the people who don't know, she's she was on HBO. Uh, Joe Jonas is a, is, is a musician with his brothers. And they're a young couple. Seems like they have everything going for them. And for some reason, what seemed to be an opportunity for a civil divorce is becoming nasty quickly. It's all being played out over the airwaves. And... One thing they're doing is they're filing um, papers, legal papers in different jurisdiction and making allegations that are um, unsettling, unsettling. So before you go to the airways, before you really throw mud at your spouse, again, is this going to play out in the long term? Because I do think both uh, Kevin Costner and his wife, Sophie Turner and Her husband, they're all thinking short-term. Hard to think long-term. Very hard where you're stressed. But that's what we're trying to do on this podcast. So wait, what's our positive perspective? I want to make the distinction 90% of the time between barking and biting. I want you to think of my little dog, Ella, who's a doxy. She's 10 pounds and literally... She becomes vicious, vicious when I leave. So when I leave in the morning, when she, she knows my routine, I try to, you know, fake her, but she's smart. Once she knows I'm leaving, she becomes vicious. She actually even bit me or bit my pants. She ruined my nice pants. And I said to someone, my dog's biting me. What's her problem when I leave? And they're like, she's not really biting you. She's trying to hold you in. She's trying to keep you in the house. That's the way she's doing it. You see, so she's not really being aggressive to me, even though I take it as aggression. She has fear aggression. She's like, don't go. <laughs> don't go. Don't leave. She becomes like a stage five clinger. Now, there are dogs out there that really do bite, and they've been you know, bred that way. But 90% of the time, you're having that reaction because of fear. So think about the difference between uh, a spouse who's just unloading emotionally on you, you know, projecting onto you, which feels ugh, like so dirty and so uncomfortable because they're just taking all their negative energy and throwing it on you. And you're just like in it. And just remember the answer is not giving it back. If we want to get better, that's the subtitle. How do we manage our ex? If we just give it back, we're going to be like Kevin Costner necessarily, or Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner. It's just going to be an air war 
between two people uh, where it's just short-term uh, problems. All right. My encouragement to you, remember last episode, we talked about the fact that I was being a tennis coach to my fiance, helping her be uh, earn that pal. You know, she, she played tennis. She hit the ball, you know, over the fence, took her to the wall, said you got to hit 10 shots against the wall. You got to develop control before you earn that. That 10 shot can be where you hit it hard. Just remember that. That's my encouragement for you. Have that control. Have that self-control to play the long game. And maybe there is going to come a time in the future where you're going to be able to have that pow opportunity. But um, most cases, it takes a lot of control uh, to get there. Okay, so I don't want you to panic. We're going to end. The, we're ending the episode here. But if you liked what you have heard, you can sign up for our monthly newsletter, which will uh, come to you right in your email, and it gives you some perspectives on uh, different things about uh, in the divorce world. And until then, uh, remember: try to be creative and not reactive in your divorce. Thank you for tuning in to the Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind podcast with divorce coach Corey Shapiro. Divorce can be a difficult and overwhelming process, but it doesn't have to be. Corey's book, Getting Divorced Without Losing Your Mind, is here to help you gain clarity, composure, and a strategic mindset. Get it now as an ebook on Amazon or an audiobook on Audible and unlock the power of these resources to make more informed decisions and gain better understanding of the process. This podcast offers general information only. It cannot replace legal advice. If you need tailored advice, contact an attorney licensed to practice in your area. 